good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Spirit is moving, streaming things into our lives. And I had proof of this this morning. I uh, didn't have the easiest start to the morning. And I got in the car and I had the bluegrass station on. And a song was playing. And it was, everyone wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And I laughed at that, and, you know, it was like, thank you, Spirit. You know, it's like, thank you for making me laugh the whole five minutes I had to drive to church. And, uh, but then I got to thinking about it, but honestly, that's what we actually teach here, is that it is the way we think and, and how we live our lives that makes this heaven on earth. So it was like, about what we're teaching, but you just don't know it. So, so we all want to go to heaven, but we don't want to die yet, okay? <laughs> so a few minutes ago, we um, read the five, our five unity principles together. And today, the most important one that I'm going to be talking about is that people are inherently good. And it's interesting to me that we live in a world where we have to affirm that goodness for ourselves and for others. You know, we have to develop our ability to accept good. And golly, you'd think that, that that would be sort of automatic. It's like, oh, yes, that's my good. I'll take two, please. But for some reason, that's not how it works with most of us. Of course, it helps if we understand what good means. You know, what, is that, what does that word really mean? Is, are we talking about good versus bad? Or are we talking about it being quantitative? Now, quantitative... <laughs> I knew an Episcopal priest who oversaw the keeping of the a track of the weekly attendance at that church. And when there were a lot of people there, you know, he would report the actual numbers. And when it wasn't quite so full, he would simply say we had a goodly number. <laughs> and, you know, many years later, I'm still wondering what the heck is a goodly number? Apparently enough to, to make us feel comfortable, but not as many as we wanted. I don't know. <clears throat> so every once in a while, I, you know, so someone asked me around here, it's like, well, what's going on? I'll just say a goodly number and just run like heck. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so Charles Fillmore defines good as the absolute, the incomparable, that which is godly in character. God is omnipresent, all good. And they also says that good is a state of consciousness. And each time we project thoughts that cord with that, that we agree with that state of goodness, that's how we create our own heaven. He also talks about hell in there, but I didn't want to talk about that today, as was told to me by spirit on the way in here. <laughs> 
Emma Curtis Hopkins puts it a slightly different way. It adds to what, what um, Fillmore says. They said, the good which you and I want governs every single thing we do. Therefore, the good which you are seeking is your God. We are always seeking our good. And she says, Spinoza was called the, the God-intoxicated man because he spoke the word God so much. Now, this is uh, uh, Emma Curtis Hopkins speaking. She says, I am convinced that if he had spoken the word good instead of the word God, he would have come into a nearer relation to God. It's like, no matter what we are doing, we are seeking good for ourselves. And she says, she gets very specific. She says, if you move your hand, you are seeking your good. And I can see that. It's like if my hand's in an awkward position, I move it out, you know, I move it so it's more comfortable, so I'm seeking my good that way. But very frankly, no matter what I'm doing, I'm doing it for my good. She also uses the example of breathing, is that we breathe for our good. However, I quibble with that because breathing is not voluntary. <laughs> It's not even unconsciously voluntary. <laughs> so I don't think that counts. I think that's just something that we do. But everything that we do, every movement that we make, every, everything is us seeking our own good in one way or another. Now, obviously, there's a lot of unconscious good seeking going on. Because we're not really thinking. I'm not thinking, well, I'm going to get up, you know, and, and go into the other room and do laundry for my good. But... I, but, right? I mean, but I need to do the laundry. And we have these daily routines where we eat and sleep and work and do errands and chores. And all of those are ways that we are actually seeking our good. And they're usually necessary, but we don't always think of those activities in that way. And most of us only really start talking about finding our good when we are unhappy about something, right? And we are proclaiming it to be not good. But our everyday mundane activities are a direct outpouring of our consciousness, which means that we are in control of our personal good. And we seem to need to learn to do this. We need to learn how to connect with and bring in our good on a personal level. That's how we stay healthy, happy, connected. It's something we have to learn because the messages that come from the outside world are so often the ones telling us that we are not inherently good. We decide that we are undeserving of the good that we want and need because we have forgotten who we are and where we came from. A way to start to work with this is to discover what you mean by your personal good and then ask for it. You know, if you want some ice cream and you go stand in front of the counter and you look at all the flavors through the little glass, well, that's cool, yeah? But there are two things here. First of all, you have to decide what you want. One or two flavors, maybe, maybe three on a good day. And then you need to ask for it. Otherwise, you will stand there forever looking at the 42 glorious flavors behind that glass. As a server is not going to do your work for you. Their only job is to deliver your order. So is good a physical thing? Is it an emotional or psychological thing? Is it spiritual? Well, yes, it's all of those things. Good is all of that. And we catch the good from any aspect 
that we want to work in. And it doesn't really matter where you start. The goal is to fully connect with absolute good, spirit, God. But of course, if you really start to connect, trying to connect with the absolute, that might start feel a little bit overwhelming at the beginning. So you start with something simple like, what do I want in my life? What do I need as good right now? What is good for me? What do I need in my life to become my highest and best self? When you ask in this way, you invite a high spiritual energy that will guide you and show you the way. I think we get pretty confused with this idea of what is good for us. We have all these rules about what we should eat, how we should exercise, what we should read, who we should spend our time with, a long list of shoulds. And you know the old saying of shoulding on yourself. <laughs> so it's when we really stop and listen to ourselves and observe what is going on in our lives that we start to find out what our personal good really is. Now, I was once in an extremely challenging and, and stressful job. And I needed to quit for my own good, for my health, for my sanity. But there was another employee who begged and cajoled me to stay for their benefit. They loved me, they wanted me there, and they kept saying, Deborah, you can do this, you can do this. And I did stay for a few more months. And when I left, it was emotionally catastrophic and I was physically undone. I ended up with a very fortunately light case of shingles. It took me a long time to recover myself from that experience. And later the woman even told me, she said she realized that just because you can do something and just because you can do it well does not mean you should or have to. <laughs> and this was when I learned that no is a complete sentence. And it's why those of you who don't see, who, those of you who see that I do a lot, and sometimes people kind of worry that I'm going to do myself in, I can promise you, I will never, ever let a job make me sick again. So, you know. So rest easy. Obviously, this personal good is a subjective thing. Her personal good and my personal good, you know. says so what I saw for good for me the co-worker saw as not good for her. And that brings us to the other question. Is my seeking my good just a selfish endeavor and just a way of hurting other people? Well, of course, that can be twisted in a negative way, but what we're talking about here is taking care of yourself and living the best life that you can live. And this brings us to the thing that I mentioned a few minutes ago, and that's deservability. All of these messages that we have heard growing up, that some of us still hear, that tell us we are not good enough, we decide that we don't deserve to have good in our lives. You know, there's a meme that shows up on social media from time to time, and it's some sweet image of a video of an animal, and it's usually a dog doing something really cute and adorable, and the, ta and the tag says, we don't deserve dogs. And every time I see one of those, when I'm home alone, I actually yell at the screen. It's like, yes, we do. That's why they're here. We deserve that love. We do. <laughs> it just, <laughs> I know they can't hear me, but it makes me feel better. <laughs> 
We deserve love. We deserve to be treated well. We deserve all the gifts of this world. Just because we have forgotten who and what we are, just because we get sidetracked does not mean that our inherent divinity and goodness is gone. We come into this earthly experience wrapped in good. Think of babies. They're just wrapped in good. And then we encounter the material world. We have experiences that color our vision. We see the different aspects of the world and forget that at the core, at the very core of us is the immutable, absolute good. You know, it's kind of like our souls are playing dress up. We come into these bodies and we are who we are and then we put on our personalities and some people put on more than one personality. <laughs> and there's these costumes and these scenes and they're so realistic that we forget our true selves. Fortunately, someone or some circumstance will come along and remind us so we can begin to remove that costume and remember ourselves. That is why, that is when we start to realize what our good really is. There are so many ways that good comes into our lives from all directions. All we need to do is to ask for it, recognize it, accept that good. Understanding that good is a way to call God into your life is a very high spiritual principle. As Hopkins says, Spinoza might have felt closer to the divine had he called on his good rather than on his God. Well, why? Because God is this big, unseeable, unfathomable something. I mean, can you really comprehend the idea of the absolute? I can't. And then there's the fact that the word God carries a lot of baggage for many, many people. And I sort of thought that this was a, a fairly new situation from maybe mid-20th century, that God had become such a loaded word. But Charles Fillmore even talks about this in one of his books, and I don't remember which one, but it was in the 1930s or 40s, he was talking about how people have a difficult time with the word God even then. And that tells you a lot. Because words are our way of expressing ourselves in our world. If a word doesn't mean anything to us, or it has a negative meaning, then we will not make any progress in improving our circumstances or changing our thinking. So if a person has an allergy to the word God, you can talk all day and all night, but they're never going to connect with it. Everyone on, can connect with the word God, or I'm sorry, the word good, in one way or another. They may not be in a place where they believe they can have good in their lives, but at least good does not carry the image of a judgmental dude hanging out in the clouds waiting for us to mess up. <laughs> I can imagine pure good, something completely without malice. I can imagine that. Good is manageable, it's imaginable, it's relatable. Good is possible, good is hope, good is not a pipe dream. Good is right here, right now, is an inherent in each one of us. And if Hopkins is right, then we are constantly seeking our good, then she must be saying that we are seeking our true selves. 
That's what we're really doing in everything that we do. And that must also mean that looking for the good, asking for the good, means that we are looking inward and not to the outer appearances of the material world. When we look outward, we see disorder, discord, and lack of deservability. When we take our direction from the outer world, we push our good away from us because the outer world does not remember and so cannot acknowledge your inherent goodness. Claiming our good is not about prancing around saying, I'm special, get out of my way, my good's coming through here and it's more important than you. That is not what this is. It is our job to remember and honor who we are. Claiming your good, discovering your good, comes from remembering who you are, a bunch of atoms made from the same substance as every other thing in the universe. The one source is all of us and we are all of it. When we are open to our good, when we seek action, when we each see action in our good, we have our focus in the right place, in the absolute, the incomparable, the omnipresent all good, which some people call God or spirit or the source or the force. Good, the positive, the uplifting, nurturing energy dwells within us as potential always. And the claim check never expires. Whether it is your material good, your emotional, psychological good, or spiritual good, you are constantly seeking it, and you will discover it. Because that, the divinity that is you is present and active here, now, and always. And all you have to do is name it and claim it. And so it is. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Transform